Welcome to Crypto Talk Radio, the podcast for everyday investors like you. Visit us on the web at CryptoTalkRadio.net. And now, here's your host, Leister. Thank you for that, Bailey, and welcome everybody out there in Crypto Talk Radio found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. First things first, I, Papa, freaks all the honeys, honeys, playboy bunnies. So, welcome. I am going to just preface real quick up front. Leister's not feeling too well. So if I sound strange at any point of the recording, I'll apologize in advance. It's a, I think it'll pass, but I just don't feel that good. And I'm going to have to go down to the uh, DMV here tomorrow and get some stuff done. And it's possible they're not going to be able to do everything. I was told that it should be in and out by multiple people and should be painless. Probably the least painful experience in the known country. Um, so I'm going to check it out and see what it is because I got to get the, that's for the, uh, the car I'm keeping. But it turns out the car that I'm not keeping, it's about to expire in April. The car I'm keeping expires in uh, March. So not too long from now. Uh, and it's it's still uh, registered in Nevada. And then I got to retitle it to the new place. And I'm not worried about the title, but it was just the going down there that, that I hate that crap. But I was told it's a it's not like the other places I've been. I told the story on casual talk about how terrible the freaking DMV is in places. You know, I've done DMV in California. It's, it, I would argue California is not horrid, horrid. It's probably better now, but back then, you know, this is before the era of cell phones, mind you. Back then, it was really just about lines. You couldn't do, you could do an appointment, but you still had to come in and pull the number. And for the most part, it's just standing in line. And then, of course, that was for me to get the initial driver's license as well as registration. So it wasn't the same as when you're doing a renewal or you're, you know, doing something else with vehicles. Then I got it in Washington state. Washington state was, I wouldn't say it's terrible in Washington state. Third party private companies can do it. You don't have to go to a DMV. In fact, they don't let you. The only thing you go to the actual DMV for is your driver's license. That was pretty quick in and out. It's a building downtown and and that's, and I'm pissed because I had my license, they void it, right? And I had that from California and I don't know what happened to it because it was in one of the cars and it's gone. I was trying to collect all the different licenses I've had over time. And so my California license is uh, completely toast. That pissed me off. Anyway, uh, Colorado, Colorado's, I, theirs was, theirs was not too bad because it was actually in the same place that I worked, which was interesting. So it wasn't too bad per se. Um, you just had to go to two different places for the for the stuff. Uh, Oregon, I'm trying to remember what Oregon's was. It's been so long. I don't even remember what the heck Oregon's was because I I wasn't in Oregon that long. I was only in Oregon for four months. I might not have. I'm pretty sure I did an Oregon license. I would have had to have. But I, for the life of me, cannot remember anything that I did in Oregon as far as driver's license or registration. I think I just sold the car I had to get a new car, which gives you a new registration to cheat. And I don't, I may not have, I'm not even sure if I got an Oregon license. I'll have to check that when I get back to my wallet. But if I did, I damn sure don't remember exactly where I went to do it. So, cause again, I wasn't there that long. I was only there for the span of uh, January through August that year. And I, it's all a blur cause it was such a terrible experience. I think I just blocked it out psychologically. Uh, Nevada was absolutely horrible. Actually, you know, now that I think about it, which was that place that was God awful you had to drive into the middle of freaking nowhere. And then that guy was, 
had to do the VIN check. I'm pretty sure that was, I'm pretty sure that was Oregon. Yeah. That's why I don't remember it. Cause you had to drive all the way out to the middle of freaking nowhere. Lines were horrible. Yeah. No kind of technological advance. And then they made you do the, um, they made you do the test, the actual written test. You had to do that regardless of the fact that I'm transferring a license. They made you do that. And I'm like, dude, are you serious? So that's, yeah, now I'm remembering that one. And then Nevada wasn't crazy bad, just lines. And then Nevada was hampered by the freaking pandemic. So I'm in there right at the point of the pandemic, you know, who knows what I did or didn't catch. Then coming to the place that I'm at now, which I'm not going to divulge, but coming to the place I am now. And so I'm told that this experience is going to be nothing like any of the others I've been through. So now that I have that perspective and I was assured it's not that bad, it's just a matter of getting you know, dressed up to go down there. Cause you got to take a photo for the license and then get the uh, registration done, at least for the car I'm keeping. I think for the car I'm not keeping, I can do the mail. They actually do mail in. And the one thing I will say about this place is they have online submission stuff. So that's pretty cool. So I'm going to check it out. See how, see how it goes and talk about it more on casual. Meanwhile, I was looking at cryptocurrency and people were talking about it online about the bull run. And I'm going to be prefacing when we say bull run, Hopefully you're connecting the dots. If you've listened for a while with what I said, if you're new, welcome, you haven't heard this and you'll hear how I pulled it all together. And hopefully that encourages you to continue listening and spread the word to other people that may want to hear coverage. That's actually accurate and not just hopium big picture though. Cryptocurrency is looking good. I want to talk about some of these bits and bulbs that happened uh, rather insignificant event that may or may not affect you. I'm not sure. Uh, and then we'll wrap it up with uh, some unfortunate coverage after the fact. Thanks. First, let's check out some numbers here. Coindesk.com. And we're going to start with Bitcoin because Bitcoin's having the most fun. I mean, it's certainly not the biggest, but it's having the most fun. I'll get to why I say that here in a moment. Uh, but we're going to zoom out to the month chart on Bitcoin. Having a strong run. Obviously, we went... Uh, over the last day or two, went from about 52,000 all the way up to a 57,000. And just over the last day, a low of 54.6, a high of 57.6-ish, hovering about about the 56, just shy of 57,000 mark. And so holding its level very nicely. This was some of the run that people had anticipated was going to happen uh, once things kind of settled down and we got past a lot of the nonsense, the tinfoil nonsense, as I call it. Ethereum also had a really good run. Again, I'm, I saved it second because it didn't have as much fun as Bitcoin. Over the last day, a low of 30, basically $3,100, $3,200, a high of just shy of $3,300, hovering about $3,200. It went from a base of about $2,900-ish up to $3,200. So again, not nearly as much fun. That's what I mean. It's certainly up, don't get it wrong, but it's not nearly as much fun as Bitcoin had. And anybody who was in Bitcoin is certainly celebrating and hopefully you took your profits because these are opportunities for you to take profits and I encourage you to do so. If you're the gambler sort that's going to let it ride, all great to you. And then some people might have taken original investment back and then letting the rest ride. Absolutely, that's a great strategy. Either way, I think, personal, that this is an opportunity to take profits and make some money back, you know, that the government's been stealing from you and so on. After all, it's a transfer of wealth from the wealthy to the non-wealthy. If you're one that's buying into the garbage that's out there, I can't really give you any advice about those. I will tell you that certain of them had their runs. Uh, Bonk had a run. Myro had a run. 
Shib is running a little bit. I wouldn't call it a great run. And even Bone uh, recovered from the garbage that it was doing. I don't know what the heck was going on, going as low as like 56 cents. And it's back up to about 66, but it's not not running as high as I would like to see it go. And I still don't understand what that's about, except for I noticed there was an email came out from the SHIB team and they're still talking about this Shiboshi's crap and all this NFT garbage that nobody cares about. There's still no active focus on Shibarium and building it out further, making it stronger, enticing projects to it. I don't see any active engagement to get Shibarium, which is really the focus I think people are kind of waiting on the sidelines for to get it where it needs to be. I don't know what that's all about. I don't know if there's somebody in his ear or her ear or whatever the hell. By the way, Leicester's not uh, CryptoTalkRadio.net specifically. It's not following social media. It's not on social media because X is doing this weird thing where the account will get locked randomly for no reason and then they force you through the Argozi challenge, which I'm not doing over and over again because there's no reason for it to be locked. It's the only one that is. Our other podcasts, they never get locked. The radio never gets locked. The main account never gets locked. It's only crypto. So there's something happening to it. And I'm not doing the Argozi challenge. I refuse. So I basically said, screw it. I'm just not going to do X anymore. So we do not communicate through that channel for crypto. If you do want to communicate with us, uh, feel free to join our Discord, CryptoTalkRadio.net slash Discord. Join us there. We do chat there on about a day or every other day basis. Um, we're happy to answer any questions that you may have. The other bit of news that I'll share, which is really unrelated, but just so you know, uh, we are publishing certain selective content to YouTube again on an irregular basis. We're not gonna do it as a regular thing, but what we're trying to do is get some of these out of cycle things back in rotation now that crypto's kind of running again. We're gonna be starting to talk about out of cycle things and certain events that we think are worth your time, certain tokens that we may do a swag on have not decided that yet. And our video, the video of the studio, pretty much good to go. Microphone is the only thing still remaining. That one, I gotta figure that out because it's a little bit tricky with my a device that I'm using here because here I'm sitting at the desk in the studio. It's in the studio. So I got to figure that out. Once the microphone's figured out, I think we're good to go. The video's all set. Cameras are set. The backing set. Everything else is all good to go. Noise control is really good. I have a really nice setup and I think you guys are going to be pretty pleased with what you see. And then that's going to be broadcast through the various platforms like we were doing before. I don't know about the schedule yet. That's still yet to come. So a lot's happening as we now ramp back up with what cryptocurrency is doing. And we're going to see where things go in the near future. Speaking of near future, hopefully you're not affected by the Bitforex essentially rug pull that happened every very most recently. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I will be happy to share what I know, which isn't much. Bitforex is one of the exchanges, cryptocurrency exchanges. And what happened is allegedly, I wasn't in it, I've never bothered. I think I may have done a brief coverage way back yonder. I'll try to dig it up and I'll do a follow-on. But what I was told is that Bitforex had over a $50 million withdrawal, sudden, out of nowhere. And then they started, they blocked, they started blocking people that were trying to get access in to where, like literally they did it at, so there's technology out there where they can block your access to hit their website. That's basically what they did is they did it upstream. So you might be getting a thing that says you're not, you know, not found or you can't reach it. That's not because of anything you're doing wrong. It's because they're blocking you. They're purposely blocking you. They blocked all the traders. And so people speculated this may be what's called an exit scam. An exit scam, just to simplify the definition, when there's a source of money and that source of money is made available to you 
And then the whoever holds it, they basically leave with that cash. That's an exit scam in the simplest form. It's effectively a rug pull. So the difference in this one is that it's a central exchange. The central exchange normally doesn't do this kind of a thing. Normally what would happen is they may freeze assets, right? We saw that with FTX. We saw that with Celsius. We saw that with Binance and so on, where there's a freeze of assets, but then ultimately they make you whole because they don't want to run afoul of the various government entities. In this situation, it effectively was a rug pull by definition because money was made available at a point and now is no longer made available. It may still be there. We don't really know because you can't get in, right? And so a lot of analysis was done to try to trace that the money was flowing to all these different multiple wallets and it looks very close to an exit scam. So the moral of this, first, if you're in it, I'm sorry that that happened to you. Two, I want to make sure you are clear about a couple of things that I've repeatedly said, because some people maybe new didn't hear this. Hopefully you've heard it from other places. You're going to hear it from Leister at CryptoTalkRadio.net again, if you've listened for a while. I said it multiple times. I'll keep saying it. And hopefully you spread the same message to other people if you're getting them into cryptocurrency. Please please, please do not leave your cryptocurrency in any mother-fathering exchange. Please don't do that. I understand there may be gamblers out there that want to gamble on perpetuals and futures, and I understand you are gambling. That's what's happening. And there's a risk that something like this can happen. You cannot trust any of the exchanges. Even Coinbase said, well, if you file bankruptcy, you lose your money. Deep, deep, deep. You can't get, you can't, trust any of them. So I'm imploring everyone listening to my show, do not leave your mother, father and crypto on the mother fathering exchange, because this is what can happen. I'm sorry it happened if you were one that was affected by it, but please don't leave it there. If you're going to do it, get it, do your transaction, whatever that is and get it out. And I know that means that you're going to be limited on the profit potential, but that means that essentially you've got to decide if that gambling is really worth it, in that risk. The risk is that you get rugged like this by an exchange that gave you assurances. Everything is clean. Because again, as I said, when I was talking about MEXC, I guarantee you in the terms for this business, they told you something of the effect of they have the right to rescind, revoke, edit, modify, whatever they want, whatever they want. And nobody reads the terms that this is yet another example, just because it's an overseas exchange doesn't mean that you are safe. So, Hopefully, there's not a lot of people uh, who were affected by this business, and certainly, hopefully, people were smart enough to not leave in exchanges for this reason, because we see it happening time and time again. Look at how many exchanges, quote, fail, right? It keeps happening over and over. So when do people learn? I don't know that, but I'm simply assuring from my personal perspective that it's not worth it in what I would share. I will never advocate doing that for people of just leaving an exchange. Why? I, I see actually YouTube folks and they leave it in exchanges and they trade on exchange. I'm like, geez, Hey, more power to you. If you got that, if you got those stones, I don't have it. I will not. I refuse. I'm totally on the wallet side. And we have decentralized options for things like limit orders, some perpetual, some few, there are decent options for this. Now, the only thing that the central exchange really offers that the others suck at is conversion of token to a to token B really and cash out to fiat. That's it. Other than that, what do they really do? Nothing except trigger people who like to gamble. I celebrate their right to gamble. The other update I'll share is around telescam. And those who know me know I don't do telescam. There's a reason I don't do telescam because it 
promote scams. That's what it does. That's why they use it is to hide their tracks. We can make, we can talk all day long about anonymity and trying to, Oh, cryptocurrency should be completely anonymous. And we shouldn't have to, well, I would make a counter argument. If we're trying to hide our tracks, right. From something, who are we trying to hide from? There's a certain tinfoil to it. And I understand that, but I don't think tele telescam is the right answer. I mean, you could do encrypted email and get a much better option and it's something mainstream and it's something that works on every device. And it's something that doesn't spy on you. You know what I mean? Like I will never support telescam. Well, I'm not alone because apparently new analysis came out very most recently and it's coming around North Korea. So what's happening just so you understand. And this was an ongoing something This started like almost uh, seven months ago and has been ongoing. It just happens to be ramping up most recently with the new pumps that we're seeing with cryptocurrency. But allegedly what's happening is that there's hackers coming out of North Korea and what they're doing is they're sending alerts to you to join telescam so that they can rip you off. So I'm, I'm giving this message because I want you to be careful because unfortunately this is, they're very elaborate with how they're doing this. And because so many people use smartphones and cell phones, of course, Leicester does not, but a lot of people out there use smartphones and cell phones. They know they can send you suspicious text messages that you may act on. They'll send you something on social media. Of course, Leicester doesn't use social media personal. They'll send you these things because they want you to act on these things. And then you might get ripped off of your cryptocurrency. So I'm sharing this as a public service announcement. Please stay safe as this is happening on an increasing basis as the run-ups are happening more and more consistently and more steadily. And I don't want anybody to get completely ripped by this nonsense. The other piece I'll talk about, and this is really separate from news now. Let's talk some cryptocurrencies in general. I talked to uh, just high level. I talked about a token that came ever recently uh, Libra, Libra protocol. It's still kicking. I, you know, I don't know what to think of it. It's still kicking, has not died. It actually did an update on the website. They're still doing a lot of, you know, enticements for people to get in on this staking. But it seems like, first of all, they made it on a token standard that is not mainstream. And so it doesn't really work on every wallet. So I think it's going to hold them back. Second, there are so many other garbage tokens out there that have caught people's attention. You know, you've got the dog with hat crap and Myro's still a thing and Bonk's still a thing and Pepe's still a thing and Pepe 2.0's still a thing and Shib 2.0's still a thing. I think there's money still shifting from project to project. There's still not significant new money flowing into cryptocurrency. And the reason I'm confident on this, when you look at the total market cap, we did bypass the $2 trillion barrier. And I said, and have been saying, I felt like $2 trillion was really the best indicator of beginning of a bull run here we are and we did get some run up it didn't really sustain and that's okay because i think some people are taking profits off of all this different garbage that's out there but what we did see is that there wasn't as much momentum towards bitcoin as we might have expected instead a lot of these garbage tokens are getting a lot of the money and i said and i maintain i think some of the garbage is getting it first and then they're using that profit because it's easier to get it to get bitcoin that's my theory that's actually what I was doing at points. You know, if there's something I had and it went up to whatever and I made a thousand dollars, which has happened a couple of times, you know, I might dump it into Bitcoin or I might dump it into Ethereum. Ever most recently, I've been stacking up Ethereum. You might be curious why I've chosen Ethereum versus Bitcoin. I do have some Bitcoin, but it's not, you know, it's just kind of there. 
part of it is has to do with price. I've I have a strategy with price. If something's too expensive in my mind versus what I think it should be, given the ups and downs that we know will happen, I'm less likely to buy into it. So in other words, if it's on a steep dip, then I might buy into it if I'm confident in it. But Bitcoin is on a run. It doesn't make sense to me to stack in Bitcoin while it's running up. I would rather wait knowing it's going to dip. And some people think it's going to go as low as 20. I doubt it, but it's possible it could go back down to the 40s or something. If I see it go down with enough momentum, then I would buy into Bitcoin. Until that happens, though, buying into Ethereum to me makes better sense because remember, Bitcoin's all-time high, I believe, was 65 grand. Ethereum's all-time high, if I recall, was something where $6,800 or something. So Ethereum's still got a way to go. Ethereum's still got some upward trajectory left to it, which told me there's an opportunity to get in there and make more now that I can stack it here using profits from other tokens. So it's not money out of pocket. It's all raw profit. At this point, again, as I said, with the Trump 2024, it completely recouped all losses that I had from every token that I started with when I got in during the 2021 run. So I was already at net positive. Then, because I'm smarter about cryptocurrency than I was when I got into this stuff, everything now is raw profit. I'm very selective about what I choose. In fact, I was looking at Ethereum tokens and I'm like, well, geez, all these suck. I don't really want to get into any of these like I might have done before. Even on some of the alt networks, I'd like to get into AVAX, but I don't see that it has the momentum I would expect. I'd like to get into Phantom, but it can't hold its momentum. So I'm looking at them and I'm again, I'm smarter about it because I'm not just jumping into, you know, like Paratoken way back in the day. I'm not just jumping into garbage like I might've done before. And so profit is easier for me to gain and obtain and retain. Now, can I parlay that into, you know, Ethereum in this case later, if Bitcoin does crap out, I'll stack in some Bitcoin. And I think that's a better strategy for me, for you. My feedback was this. You've got to get to the point where you are confident more than anything else in what you want to do. I understand. Make money. It's got to go deeper than that, though, because there's levels to making money. You could put in $100 into something. It gains 50 bucks. You made 50 bucks. Are you going to stay at 50 bucks or are you going to go let it sit there and maybe go higher? Are you going to cash out the 50, right? Or do you cash out the 100 to recoup what you put in and let the 50 ride, knowing that you'll make less next time? Are you going to wait for dips, DCA, to get back your average and then do it that way? You've got to decide what's going to make sense for you. And it's critical now because it's a different, it's a totally different ball game this run versus 2021, by far and away. Everything is a lot less. In 2021, we saw you know, the rise of rebase tokens and reflection tokens and dog emu tokens and movie based tokens and all these, you know, everybody was now it's basically just Solana based tokens. Effectively it, for the most part, that's really what we're dealing with. And then there's a little bit skew back to Ethereum. There's some dog stuff, but not nearly what it was. Utility has kind of gone by the wayside. Many of these are not doing any sort of strong utility not even trying to, so what does that tell me? It tells me that the people that are creating the tokens, we're not talking people that plan to be around for the long term. We're not talking to tokens that there's an intent to be around long term. 
people will look at something like Miro or Bonk. I'll say Bonk. Bonk. And they'll say, well, look at what it did, though. Deep, deep. Just because it had runs doesn't mean it's going to be around. And when I say around, I'm talking profitable. <laughs> it's going to have pumps, but I'm talking truly profitable long term. I don't think those are going to be profitable long term. Meanwhile, SHIB has held its profitability fairly well. It's back up to the four zeros as opposed to down as I last checked it. So SHIB is able to hold. These other ones are going down before they go up, which tells me that there's just kind of this pump and dump effectively because they don't really do anything. So I'm saying that in this current run, we have a lot of tokens that don't really do anything other than entice FOMO. When I say you got to choose what you're going to do, are you going to react to the FOMO because there's profit to be made? Or are you going to wait for the utility ones, which may have a long, longer term stability? I would say regardless of what you decide, my recommendation is to diversify. And by diversify, I'm not just talking about straight crypto purchases. I'm also talking about the ETFs because the ETFs have a strong profit opportunity to them that you may not have realized. And chances are, if you have any sort of investment facility, whether that's an IRA or 401k or you know anything else, chances are you may have access to these. Obviously, it depends on your, you know, your location. Sometimes it's banned in your location. If it's available in your location, I do recommend considering, not necessarily going, but considering the ETFs. Now, many of them have done significant run-ups. The Fidelity one, which is the one that I'm a favorite, it's my favorite. Fidelity, I bought in and it was at $35. It just hit like $50. So right there, it's, it's like a given and it's a clean graph and it's largely insulated from the regulatory risk inherent to straight cryptocurrency purchase. It's not anywhere close to my largest bag. It's just off to the side as an additional asset to a diverse portfolio because the goal is to have diversity in the portfolio. Certain that are stability, so that's stuff in your checking account, savings account. You might have real estate stuff. You might have bonds, things like this that are funds, ETFs, regular stocks, a diverse set and cryptocurrency, a diverse set of the assets where things are going to go up and down. And unfortunately, when you're talking Bitcoin, these are kind of interconnected. So where Bitcoin goes, the rest goes. The positive is if you diversify into multiple of them, multiple of them like a compound will benefit from Bitcoin's run. Or you can be one of those that says, I'm just going to go to Bitcoin, deal with Bitcoin only. I saw some people down at the local gas station that were just buying Bitcoin straight because why not? That's a viable strategy too. Either way, I think it's a great time right now for people that are risk tolerant, certainly. I would still advocate people be careful with whatever they choose to get into. And I would never recommend people uh, take strong risks because you just don't know, especially with this BitForex garbage, you just don't know. If you make smart decisions, you know, like not leaving your money in exchanges, I think it'll be okay in the long term, but you really do have to choose what's going to be your strategy and settle on something. If you're just gambling on tokens, that's a strategy. And if that's what you're okay with, no problem. I think big picture, everybody, all of us, we're going to start seeing some pretty impressive dollar figures across cryptocurrency. What you choose to do with that, you know, inflow is up to you. Hopefully you keep your fundamentals sound, you know, roof over your head, food on your table. If you're a gambler, it is, but I'm, I'm hopeful that even regardless of being a gambler, that you're still mindful of not putting yourself in jeopardy, just in chasing that money. That's what a lot of people are doing. 
That's what the rich MFers are banking on you to do, is to put yourself at risk for their benefit. I wouldn't want to see anybody do that. I'll close out saying, I think, you know, it's a different landscape. It's a totally different landscape. And I'm not even talking to cryptocurrency. I'm talking people that cover it. It's a different landscape. And some of it feels good. You know, when I started this, it was, I was raw. You know, I just put it out there. And it was really because fresh off the pandemic, I was hurting financially. And I needed to do something just to keep, basically keep busy. But I also had to refine my craft. And I've, I think I've done a pretty passable job improving the way I do it. And I enjoy doing it, but now that I see the different landscape in front of me, it's it tells me that I did the right thing. I started, I kind of kept with it, I didn't quit. As a result, podcast is one of the largest out there on iTunes, and I want to thank everybody for that. It was a rough road, but we we stayed consistent, we kept it going, and we continue to work under the hood and under the scenes to give you the best that we can do. Long-term, we want to keep doing what we're doing and we want to keep doing it the way that we are doing it. And it's difficult when you want to keep a certain cadence, certain pattern, but you also want to bring guests in that may not necessarily work with that cadence. So I say that to just let you know, guests are on my radar. It's harder now to screen them because again, they've got to fit. They're not going to come in pitching or shilling some product. That's not what it's for. It should just be a conversation. And they got to want the smoke, as in I should be able to ask you anything. If you're open to any question, as long as I'm not offensive, you know, race, creed, color, him, nor her. And there's very few people that are that. There's very few people that want to tell you the truth. There's very few people that want to talk straight up without shilling you something. Because I believe that's the reason many of you listen to the show. I don't shill you anything. So I got to find somebody from a compatibility perspective that's like me. And that is very difficult. I didn't realize it would be this difficult. My commitment to you, I won't stop looking. And hopefully I can find that perfect fit and get them to join the show and chat with you from different angles. Because I want you to have a different perspective than just mine. I don't want to have just mine in play. I like to have others as well, but they got to be like me. They got to be able to deliver like me. They got to be able to speak, never scripted off the cuff, straight up, with the truth and nothing but the truth. So help us, deity of choice. Anyway, I love where we're at. I do. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic, but I love where we're at. I think it's great. Um, I'm happy that I got it right with the two trillion mark. I was spot on there. Come back and give my credit. But I was spot on there, and I'm happy about that. And I'm happy thinking that people were able to benefit financially as in take profits from what's happening. If you did, let us know. CryptoTalkRadio.net, hit the contact form. And let us know if you were able to win, you know, even if it's small wins. You know, it could be 50 bucks or 25 bucks or whatever. But any win is a good win. And then, as you do it more and more, you learn to get better at it. You hopefully learn how to find those opportunities and read the charts and predict when something's going to make you some money. Hopefully you do. I'll help where I can. Again, join our Discord if you'd like to get that kind of assistance and we're happy to help you out. In the meantime, again, please keep keep a roof over your head, food on your table first and foremost. Even if you are a gambler, keep the fundamentals sound and don't, don't lose sight of what's really important.